Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Well, the last Sunday of the year, and uh, it's quite amazing. It's been an exceptional year, hasn't it? 2014 uh, has been an incredible year for us um, in the church, and um, it's, uh, we have perhaps the busiest year coming ahead of us. Um, we've got the Route 66 uh, ministry school starting, um, and uh, we've got a heap of people on that. Um, starting in January, uh, we've got any number of speakers coming through. In fact, we've got uh, one uh, coming through every month um, that's um, just incredible. We also have conference um, with, um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Obed, I should remember, Martinez. Obed Martinez, who has the coolest name in, in ministry. You get it? If you've got a name as cool as Obed Martinez, you've got to be good, right? And uh, so uh, he, he's, um, he's doing our uh, conference uh, that we have, the, the European conference uh, that used to run for our network of churches across uh, for Europe and uh, for Asia, uh, used to be held down in Brighton, uh, and they, they're, uh, they, the conference finished uh, this year. They had the last conference this year, and they're doing a whole new um, season they've just changed they're changing everything around and so 2015 is kind of a is a gap year for our church networks uh, and, and because of that um, Ashley who is at the oversight leader for the churches uh, in in the UK and he's asked that we have a conference here for Scotland uh, and we'll do a, a conference just a, a 24-hour conference here and a 24-hour conference down in Brighton and so we've got Obed Martinez uh, and a guy called Miles Paladin um, who um, is uh, a phenomenal pastor in our network of churches in Australia. His church uh, has gone from 600 to 1,800 in, in 12 months. Um, incredible growth uh, and is seeing uh, really remarkable things happening. And uh, so we're really excited about them coming through uh, and uh, seeing what God is doing. We have also uh, have uh, our new church in Inverness coming online uh, that's uh, happening. Uh, I'm going up in January, getting some of the, uh, the youth and young adults things established as well as ministering. I'll be going up there um, at least once a month and then we'll be sending up teams. Pastor Owen is coming down. We're gonna, he's going to be coming down regularly as well and preaching uh, in the church down here. So that's exciting, isn't it? There's just heaps going on. And, uh, but you know, um, in this uh, dedication service, um, I want to speak about what is perhaps the most important thing that the Bible really speaks about, and that is family. In fact, our entire Christian faith um, and everything that we, we read in the Bible is framed around being parents. Uh, in fact, Abraham, the, the, whole king, the whole gospel, the whole promise of faith comes. Abraham, he is the father of faith. Uh, and Abraham is promised a son, uh, and that son uh, would bring forth um, that generational line, would bring forth um, Jesus Christ, who would bring forth redemption to mankind. It all comes from fathering. It comes from parenthood. It comes from having another generation. And, you know, we, we can look at the most important um, scriptural 
um, things that we should believe and, and doctrines. But really, at the end of the day, ultimately, it all comes down to mums and dads. That's what it really comes down to. It comes down to another generation. It comes down to how we view. And, and you know, I always, I always chuckle when I see uh, couples uh, and they're expecting their first, um, Neil and Robin, their next, and, uh, and uh, any day now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you today. Ooh. And uh, so, um, so uh, and, and what, I, what I love watching is that, that sense of excitement. I remember that day when we were expecting our first and, and there's this sort of this, this kind of wide-eyed excitement. There's also mixed with this nervous tension. Oh, my word, what have we done? And, uh, <laughs> and it's kind of it's that sort of feeling. It's like, I, you know, h- how do we get into this place? It's like when you have a child, it's like the tectonic plates of your world shift. And, and it's like this earthquake takes place. Suddenly, you had freedom and independence. I always remember that Michael McIntyre did a humorous Christmas sketch. I think it was last year. He did this sketch on what it's like to be a parent. And uh, you drive past Coluccio's, the restaurant. And when you're a single, you go, oh, shall we go in there? And when you're a parent and you drive past, you go, we will never go in there. And... Uh, <laughs> I always, it just makes me laugh every time when you're a parent, your world shifts completely. Suddenly you have this tiny baby and then this enormous amount of stuff that you need to take care of this thing. And, and you have to load up the car and you've got to strap it in and then you've got to... Um, you, you've got to sort of go to the next place and you've got bags and you've got all the gear and most important thing uh, is baby wipes. Uh, baby wipes will save the world. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If Jesus isn't around, baby wipes I gotta, can almost remove sin. Gotta, <laughs> they are phenomenal. What they do to a baby's backside, I have no idea. But we have used them for almost anything. I reckon you could build a house with baby wipes. So. It is extraordinary what happens uh, to families when uh, mums and dads, when they become children. Um, now it says in... Uh, when they become children. I just realised when I said that, I was... Words were coming out of my mouth, but my brain wasn't functioning. I was thinking about something else. I better read the Bible. <laughs> Malachi chapter 4. This is how the Old Testament finishes. I reckon how a book starts and how it finishes are the most important aspects of it. And how, it, how the Old Testament finishes is this. In Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. This is one of those quite mysterious verses. It says that prof, uh, the prophet Elijah is coming. What does that mean? Um, but then the critical part of this verse is this, that... In his preaching, the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children and the hearts of the children will turn to the fathers. The most critical thing that is in the heart of God is that one generation takes care of another generation. The most important thing for the gospel, the most important thing for life, the most important thing for blessing is that generations are connected. 
And we live in a society where there is a disconnect within generations. And we have to understand that God wants us to be connected. You know, the most important thing we have to understand as parents is that your kids need you. When you get children, you know, you think to yourself, you've got young children, and you start thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great when they're just at school, we might have a bit of spare time. And uh, then when they're at school and you think you've got spare time, you discover actually you don't. And, and, um, and then it just gets busier. And your kids will need you for 20 years. They will need you. And then after 20 years, they will need you more. And that's the problem right there. <laughs> there is not a free day. You will not have a free day for the rest of your life. That is life. That is what it means to be a mum and a dad. You have changed your world forever. We were driving uh, recently. We had a young adults bonfire uh, at our house on, in November. And uh, we arranged a whole load of young adults. We had all the cars to get everyone. And I had a carload of young adults and, uh, in, the, in the car. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was an extraordinary experience. So we've got all these... <laughs> young adults in the car, right? And they're all chatting away and I'm driving. So I'm the old man, right? Now, I'm the old man and they're all... And I've never really felt particularly old until you get like teens and twenties and they're talking, having a conversation, but I've no idea what they're talking about. They're using words I've never heard of before and they're using, saying things which I think I know the meaning of, but clearly I don't because now they're laughing. They say something, I think I know what that means, except it doesn't mean anything, and then the other person starts laughing, and they reply with another sentence. And I can hear the words, I speak English, they speak English. But there's no, I'm not understanding. They're laughing, everyone's laughing, I'm in the car, and so I think, well, what do you do? You must laugh. So, here I am. So they're laughing, they're, and then I decide I will laugh. Ha, ha, ha. And then, and then there's silence, and they're looking at me. So I laugh again. Ha ha ha. Just drive. But the amazing thing is, you see, generations get disconnected with, with uh, communication because we have such different experiences. But this is the reality. One generation may say to the other, oh, they, I don't know what they're talking about. But I guarantee if you get a teen or a 20 and you sit them in amongst us old farts and we're sitting there and... Am I allowed to say that? Uh, probably not. Oh, it's okay. It, it's the Junction Church. We say things like that. And we're sitting there. They won't have a clue what you're talking about. We can be talking stuff. We can mentioning names. They are lost. They're just looking and going, old people. And uh, they don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because we share different experiences, but this is the reality. I'm driving them to my home because they need me. They need me to drive them for a start. <laughs> they, but they need me because I am a father who brings blessing and brings guidance into their life. Each generation is separated by experience. It's separated by forms of communication. It's separated by humor. It's separated by so many different things. And yet it is united in this purpose that one generation needs to feed off the other. But the Bible says here, as the Old Testament finishes, it says first the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children. It is the most important thing that any will understand, that you will understand in life. The sole purpose of our existence is that our hearts will turn to the children. 
in society, this is the complaint, the kids these days. That is the complaint. Do you know Plato said that around 3000 BC? <laughs> Literally, that's what he said. Kids these days, I have no hope for the future. And they're blaming next generation, but the responsibility isn't on the kids, it's on the parents. It's on the parents, it's on the grandparents, it's on the parents to connect to the kids. And it says the heart of the fathers will turn to the children, and then the children will turn to the fathers. You want to see your children. The most important thing in any generation is that we understand that we turn our hearts to the children, that we connect and we give them value. One of the most critical things that you can do in your life is give value to another generation, to, to, uh, to honor what they do even if you don't get it. They, look, they show you artwork and you're looking at it going, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> They show you humor and you laugh, but you don't know why it's funny. They, you, you listen to music, but you're not really there. There is, there, is a, there is a flow of generation, a creativity that flows in every generation. And every generation will carry with it its genius or carry with it its purpose. But it has no power unless it's connected to another generation. It has no... And God says, I want the fathers to connect to the children that the children may connect to the fathers. How else can a line of blessing flow through? If, we, if the fathers don't turn to the children, then the children remain orphans in their own generation. And then they have nothing to inherit. They have nothing. They have to start again. They have to reinvent their life not carrying with it the blessings of a previous generation. Do you know one of the curious things that look at in civilization, in, in the, the process of rise and fall of empires, is that empires have risen and fallen, but the, the, the brilliance of an empire is not necessarily carried forward to the next one. Uh, the classic case of that is the uh, Romans um, who invented uh, central heating uh, and bathing uh, roads, um, and uh, there's that famous sketch, what did the Romans ever do for us? And there is it. But it wasn't carried forward to, uh, who was it took over? Was it the Sassanax or something? Some English people. And, and uh, <laughs> the Sassanax. <laughs> and uh, that's, I'm one of those. And uh, so, well, whatever. We, did, we just didn't bathe. We didn't heat the house. We lived in straw hearts. We were just animals. And, and it's amazing how civilization because one civilization hasn't respected or honored the other the, the brilliance of that is lost in one generation how much more so in the in parenting if if the fathers do not honor the children the children are unable are rejected from being able to receive of the brilliance that is in their parents your kid cannot receive from you if you do not give them value, because if you give them value, you give them identity. And unless you have identity, you cannot carry anything. When a person, I, I don't know who I am, when a person doesn't know who they are, they can't do anything. They don't know what they're doing. They feel aimless and they feel lost. But one generation must have value, must have identity. And so the Bible says here, it says, and the hearts of the children must um, t uh, and the hearts of the children will turn to their fathers. In Luke chapter 1, we read that the beginning of the New Testament, the Old Testament finishes, and 400 years later, 
the New Testament finishes. And this is how the New Testament begins. The Old Testament finishes and the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children and the hearts of the children will turn to the fathers. This is how it starts in Luke chapter 1, 17. It says, and it's speaking of John the Baptist, and he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah, and he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. In other words, the most critical thing in the kingdom of God, when Jesus Christ is being announced upon the earth, that what God is doing is He wants fathers to be turned to their children. And what it then goes on, the, it changes what the, uh, the emphasis. Instead of saying the hearts of the children were turned to the fathers, it says He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And what that means is that parenting is not an issue about just having your own children. It's about one generation taking care of the next. It's the fact that we as a church are responsible for those who are coming up behind us, who are coming along us, because God has invested wisdom and blessing upon your life. Unless you turn your heart to those who don't get it, they won't get it. You can't blame someone for not getting it if you don't find a way of giving it to them. You can't blame someone for being rebellious because rebellion is in the heart of all of us. You can't blame someone for making a mistake if you haven't found a way of connecting to their heart that they may see what is wise. You can't reject someone if they haven't found the father that will give them identity. And so it is the responsibility of this generation. We must be next generation thinkers. We must live and constantly have within our heart the idea that the next generation is the most critical generation. Our responsibility is to lay a hand of blessing on each line of blessing that they may know how to pass it on. How do You know what? There is... My parents learned some critical lessons. And I remember as a kid, I was growing up in, a, in, in quite a poor house. And my mum and dad, my dad um, was a cabinet maker. And uh, he was also riddled with arthritis and, and was, um, found it very difficult to work. Oftentimes, he couldn't work at all. And, um, but he was a very strong man. And, and they just persisted. And, and we grew up in poverty. Now, my parents learned some critical lessons. And I remember... Spending time with him, I ended up working with my dad. And in that time, I remember just the lessons they learned, how it just connected in me. And I remember thinking, you know what? I don't want to have to do what you did. So I'm going to learn your lesson so that I don't have to. You know what that means? It means that I, I can learn my own lessons without having to learn theirs as well. In other words, my mum and dad became a platform for me. They became a blessing upon which I could launch out. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what they invested into me. You know, you want your kids to be blessed. You want your kids to... to you want a generation. Well, what is the responsibility? It is a responsibility us to find a way of connecting to them, to, to have that ability to be able to solve their problems. You know, one of the, the great issues in life today, uh, one of the, the, the sort of favorite kind of buzzwords is life hack. Who's you heard that term, life hack? If you haven't heard it, you heard it from me first. <laughs> oh yeah, I am the man. And uh, 
So life hack is one of those things now you get going around. It's on Facebook a lot. Um, and uh, you, you see, and basically there are lots of websites now called life hack websites. And, and a life hack is basically that they're tips for doing life better. And, and, there's, and a lot of them are pretty shallow, actually. I was reading some yesterday. And, you know, it, it's typical things like, you know, 15 uh, reasons, uh, 15 ways to be more happy. You know, it's kind of like uh, you read it and you, you look and you're through and you go, okay, yeah, been there before. So it's, there's a lot of that stuff going on. But there's actually some really smart stuff in there. You can even get life hacks for um, clothing, which is really great for guys, because we don't really sort of get that clothing thing so well. And, and you get life hacks. And, and some people come and say, Kev, you've got really nice shirts. And, and I do have a lot. I love shirts, and I've got a really nice shirts. This is the clue, right? I never buy any of them. <laughs> it's great. I don't, genuinely, all the great shirts I have were bought for me. And that is a, that is a clue for life. If you want to look good, guys, right? Don't have an opinion about your own clothes. Listen to somebody else. You'll be all right. There's a life hack for you right there. It's a lesson learned. And uh, life hacks are about this ability to be able to pass on a, 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 a clue of life, a wisdom, a blessing of life. And in the, in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, uh, and Jacob, Isaac had, uh, had uh, twins. He had Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the oldest of the twins. And he was by right the inheritor of the blessing of Jacob. But Esau despised, he wanted to be blessed, but he despised the responsibility of it. He despised it. And so he sold it. But when it came to the blessing, he wanted to be blessed. Um, but his brother Jacob took God. And it says in Genesis 27 verse 30, it says this, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. And he said, sit up, my father, eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. Now, just to give you an idea of what's going on here, Isaac is now old and blind. He can't tell the difference between one son and the other. Uh, and Jacob has gotten the blessing that was due Esau, because Jacob valued that blessing so much and he wanted to get a hold of it. And so um, Isaac is an old man and he says in verse 32, but Isaac said, who are you? Esau replied, it's your son, your firstborn Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who served me wild game? I have already eaten it. I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. Now, you see, every generation wants the blessing of the next, previous generation. They're looking for that blessing. The key responsibility that is on our lives is that we learn how to pass on blessing, how we bless, how we bring the take the blessings, the words and the generations, those things that have been invested upon us, how we bless those around us. I want to tell you, you can change the culture of the place that you work. You can change the culture 
of the family that you live with. You can change the culture of the community you live in just simply by the blessings that come out of your mouth. That you may bless. See, see, people say stupid stuff. The conversations that go around society, aren't they stupid? I was having a conversation with one young man this week and he was saying that he was told off by his boss. He was told off for going and speaking to everyone in, as he came into work, he would say, good morning, how was you? How was your weekend? This is a Monday morning. How, how are you? How's your week? He was told off for saying that because some people were irritated by it. There are stupid people on the planet. You've got to... <laughs> You've got, there are stupid people. People can be stupid. All of us can be stupid at some point, right? And we're all saying, how, how does that? But I want to tell you something. Blessing is something that ultimately everybody wants. You have to come with a blessing and it changes the culture. It changes people's lives. It shifts strongholds. It changes the way that the people think and the way people relate to you. If you don't understand how to deal with your situation, don't get into an argument with the world. You know why? Because they don't make any sense. My brother, he was the most genius arguer on the planet. He could out-argue adults. When we were kids, he would, he would have my parents running around in circles. He could be a politician. He was just... He was just brilliant. In fact, he used to, we used to work together, and uh, whenever there was a difficulty, I'd put my brother on the phone. And I remember listening to my brother, and, he, and listening to his arguments, thinking, hang on a sec, he doesn't even make any sense. And I realized you can't argue with someone who doesn't make sense. You just can't. It, it, otherwise, how do you respond to nonsense? You can't do it. We are here to bring blessing and blessing shifts and change people's world. Don't enter into the, into the pit of this generation, but enter with blessing and come with words that shift and change people's lives and bring a different mindset and a different attitude. Hope and a future. Bring forward the blessing and the strength that you has been invested upon your life because we are next generation people. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your blessings are in this house. That you have blessed us with many rich and wonderful things. I thank you, Father, that even in the trials of life, we are blessed. Even in the hardest times, we are blessed. Even in the times of greatest sorrow and greatest suffering, even then, we're still blessed because we are blessed because your hand rests upon us. And I thank you, Father, that we are never isolated and never alone. I thank you, Father, that we have discovered what it is to walk with you and to know your strength around us. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray right now that we will be ones not selfish enough to keep it to ourselves, but we would find Find a way of blessing another generation. We will find a voice of communication and a connecting to another generation that we may value them and bless them and impart upon them the blessings that have been upon us. I thank you, Jesus, that that which has been given to us is freely available to be given to them. That there is no lack in your kingdom that we will not lose out if we give away. And I thank you, Father, that we have been called to be a generous people who sow abundantly everything that has been given to us because to whom much has been given, 
Much is required. And I thank you, Father, for that is a blessing. Much is required. I thank you, Lord. Much has been given to us. And so much can be given out. We will give. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.